0: All right. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to TMT Time. I'm your host, Evan Rothstein. Today is a special treat. We got multiple guests on a very timely topic, both from the U.S. government I'm talking about John Riley, who's an assistant general counsel for the U.S. Copyright Office, and Whitney Lewanduski, who's a supervisory claims attorney for something called the CCB, which is what we are here to talk about. So I'm going to get again to that in a second. But first, let's have our guests introduce themselves. John, why don't you go first? Hi, Evan. Uh, Thanks for having us. Yes, I uh, started at the office to work
1: on a report called Copyright Small Claims back in 2013, and I'm still here working on what's become the Copyright Claims Board. It's uh, been an exciting journey, and I'm really excited to talk about it more today. Uh,
2: this is Whitney, I'm uh, really excited to be here as well. Um, I came to the Copyright Office uh, through the Office of Public Information and Education, and that gave me the opportunity to talk about a copyright with a wide variety of audiences, uh, everybody from copyright experts to copyright newbies. Uh, so when I went over to the Copyright Claims Board uh, last year, It's been great because I've been able to kind of continue that conversation about uh, administration of justice and access of justice to a wide variety of copyright stakeholders.
0: All right, guys. So to clue our listeners in, the Copyright Claims Board, or the CCB, came to be out of something called the Case Act, which we've talked about here on TMT Time, and it was like shoehorned into uh, another bill. One of you, I don't know, maybe John, you want to tell our listeners how... The CASE Act came to be, and then I'll let you tag teams sort or of what issues it was designed to uh, address before it got launched here recently. Sure thing. I mean,
1: the origins of what ended up becoming the CASE Act really started in 2006. Um, there were some orphan works hearings, and the, during the hearings, uh, Congress became aware that you know certain copyright owners were having problems enforcing their rights. I mean, in short. Going to federal court was very expensive, still is, and it took a long time to complete, and you realistically needed an attorney to pursue your rights. So Congress asked the Copyright Office um, in 2011 to study this issue and provide some recommendations. So they gave us two years to do so. That went from 2011 to 2013, and in September 2013, we handed over this report called Copyright Small Claims, and immediately uh, Congress shut down for a few weeks right after so we didn't even know if they had read the report, what their uh, thoughts on it were. But you know, a couple of years later, in 2016, we saw the first bill um, that used some of the language in our report to create a proposal for a copyright small claims tribunal in the Copyright Office. Eventually, um, we saw a second bill, which was the Case Act, and that was introduced first in 2017 and again in 2019, and finally was passed in 2020. Uh, creating the Copyright Claims Board, a small claims tribunal for certain copyright claims, infringement claims, and other claims um, in the Copyright Office. So I got to work on the study, which was really exciting. I actually also got to advise Congress on the different pieces um, as we were moving forward. So in some ways, the claims board is, is very new. In other ways, the idea for it has been around a long time now. So, John, did you get to testify in front of Congress? No, um, I did not testify. When when we advise Congress, we um, advise their congressional staffers directly, and you know they will give us a discussion draft first. And sometimes we'll see an initial version of the bill that'll get changed at markup. Um, so we do have a lot of input, but on this one,
0: didn't testify. So I'm uh, obviously a, an IP litigator and an IP lawyer, and so I'm usually in the copyright. Uh, instances on the defense side sometimes in what we call troll lawsuits or frivolous lawsuits but i won't use that word too strongly because i'm talking to the government uh but there are a lot of lawsuits brought by small entities against big entities that clog up the federal courts Um, i know there's been a lot of judges that have written about it and talked about it and my understanding with the, the case act and the ccb is that it's sort of to help clear up the dockets and give those small copyright holders principally you know musicians or photographers and avenue to pursue claims in a more streamlined fashion is that fair
1: so i think we like to say at the copyright office that copyright is for all so it's for large businesses small businesses individuals users libraries and any other groups who you know work in the copyright system we want to make it work for them and so i think that's reflected In the case act because there's a lot of provisions that really ensure it's fair and balanced and equitable to all these different interests and so when we were writing our report we definitely had that in mind for example when we proposed a board of three officers those officers have to among other things um, you know have a significant amount of copyright expertise but also have worked on a variety of claims you know representing users representing copyright owners and The different claims that claimants can bring include, for example, um, Section 512 misrepresentation claims, which is not necessarily a user or content owner based claim, it can be either. And there's also something called a declaration of non-infringement. And I imagine that to be users saying, you're asserting that we infringed your work, but I'm going to go to the CCB and say, you know, have a have a determination that said, no, we didn't. And it's an official determination and we don't have to go through the court system. So it is for everyone. And to your point about who was using the courts beforehand, we really did find kind of a, a gap in people who were able to go to federal courts and, you know, have that determination. And it's really those kind of smaller value um, interest, right? We have a dispute, for example, but it's over... Um, a photograph. You know, we had a contract for a wedding photographer, and the um, you know bride and groom overused the use of their photos, and so that's not a multi-million dollar dispute, but it's still a dispute that wasn't getting decided by the courts. I don't think that anyone wants to give any more tools to people who would misuse the system, no matter what terminology you give it. Um, but other. The, the copyright claims word actually has a lot more protections than, you know, some venues for um, protecting against kind of the bad faith actors. So oh. it's for everyone. And, and we're going to try to make sure that it is uh, fair for all going forward. I think Whitney has more thoughts on that, too.
2: Yeah, I did. I just wanted to pick up on um, what you were saying about the copyright for all. Um, and sort of kind of taking a look at our, our first trends, you know, we've been, uh, up for less than a month and we received our 50th claim, um, yesterday. And, uh, one of the neat things that we're seeing is we're seeing a wide variety of claimants, uh, come before us. So we are seeing, you know, we're seeing sort of the, some of the works that you've mentioned, uh, Evan, you know, in terms of there being photographs, but we also have, uh, two-dimensional artwork, uh, murals, Um, we have movies, we have music, we have literary works. Uh, We have a wide variety um, of creative works that are being uh, brought to the CCB uh, that I think is um, kind of reflective of that original purpose uh, of the Case Act to be sort of broadening um, access to dispute resolution.
0: So Whitney, how, as you're the supervisor claims attorney and um, that's a lot of words and I don't know what that means. So why don't you tell us what you do there um, and how your role um, has evolved or, or what it does in terms of, uh, you know, helping claimants or respondents. I just would love to hear more about what you do.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I would love to tell you about our team. Uh, so as John mentioned, um, we uh, are three copyright claims officers uh, that are copyright experts with a variety of uh, litigation and mediation backgrounds. Um, then we have copyright claims attorneys. Um, copyright claims attorneys uh, are there to really provide assistance and guidance uh, for uh, participants, potential participants, respondents, claimants, whoever has a question about our policies and procedures. Um, and copyright claims attorneys also conduct compliance review, uh, so we look at, take a look at all of the cases that come in um, and make sure that they meet our, the, our regulations and the provisions of the Case Act before we let it go forward to service. Um, we also have an incredible team of, 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 we have a paralegal and a program assistant um, who support us in our administrative work. And really their talent is immeasurable and that we are a new administrative body. We get to make all of these decisions about how we administer our policies and procedures in a fair, consistent, and equitable way. Um, so it's kind of the whole team together that is providing this consistent experience for participants and making sure that we are there for the public uh, to help navigate this because you know, we are totally new, right? Um, no one... Up four weeks ago, no one had ever filed a claim with the Copyright Claims Board. So it's really important for us to be able to be public, to be there to help people through this process, because it is streamlined. It's a lot easier than federal court, but it's different. Um, And so, you know, copyright claims attorneys are there to help explain the processes and procedures of the CCB. Um, And my job as the supervisor is to kind of be the train conductor of all this. Um, to make sure that, you know, we are uh, implementing our processes consistently to kind of address the concerns that we're seeing from the public um, and to sort of move things forward um, through what right now is the first stage of compliance review. Uh, So that's our team, copyright claims officers, copyright claims attorney, program specialist, paralegal.
0: All right. Thank you for that, Whitney. So how you guys have been live for a month. Um we're in July 2022 which is kind of cool. You said you just had your 50th. Have you been getting lots of questions from folks like how is it working thus far?
2: Yeah, I think um we're we're pretty happy with the numbers. Um well, I can talk to sort of the public inquiries that we've gotten um and sort of some of the feedback that we've gotten on presentations. Um so you know, we've been going out and talking about the CCB to pretty much anyone who wants to hear about it. Um so thanks for having us on your podcast. Um and we've been getting a lot of questions, you know, basically about the overall process. What's going to happen? What can I anticipate? We've had questions about service. Um, how do I serve? You know, that can be a highly technical question uh, that people have never, for an issue that people have never really encountered before. Um, we've had questions from you know potential respondents. Um, you know, how do I think about the CCB? How do I consider this in my decision making? Um, what if I want to get involved? How does that work? Um, so it's a lot of sort of procedural sort of, kind of like GPS orientation questions. Where am I? What am I doing? How am I thinking about this? Um, and then there's also, you know, there's the technical questions. can upload something. Um, what's my login? Things like that. So there's the quotidian. There's the grand philosophical. And there's everything in between.
0: All right. So what... Uh, so I, I pulled up some statistics that I could find on the internet in the last month, which is actually there actually is a lot. Um, looks like the majority of your claims are from photographers, maybe and graphical works. There's some on sound recordings. Are have you seen any claimants that are have filed multiple times?
2: Yeah, we have a few. Um, we have a few multiple filers. Um, and it's been a a bit of a difference. Some of them. Um have filed arising from kind of similar facts Um, and then some people are different works different situations so but by and large we've we've seen new filers I would say a variety
0: now now both of you John and Whitney have mentioned sort of public access to the system and you want the public to know about this and by the way thank you for coming on the podcast why is that so important to both of you first of all we're we're copyright attorneys at the copyright office. It's like, it's
1: what we live. We're really excited about it. So we just want to share that excitement with everyone. But, you know, I think that for me, it was kind of really stark to hear all the stories from creators who had problems with folks. I mean, our report in 2013 talked about, you know, creators who would create, for example, a graphical work that was, not only infringed by um, someone, but that that person, that you know, person who took that work and claimed it as their own, entered it into a contest and like won some award with it. And if you know, there's just so many stories about like the little guy and and these small businesses not being able to access justice. Like we really are interested in that because we want whatever the decision to be to be a decision that's accessible to you know a wide range of people and. Although we're only a month in and we only have kind of a, a taste of who has, um, you know, submitted claims and who might be respondents so far, I think that's going to um, tell an interesting story going forward. Because I think once more people know about the CCB, we will see uh, higher numbers. But I'm actually interested to see what happens after that. You know, are people going to end up settling more, for example, because the CCB is available to folks? Are people going to opt out because they know that now these people are going to try to you know, enforce their rights, which previously they didn't have an opportunity, a practical opportunity to do so. It's kind of an interesting story of our creative industries and how um, the little guy really needs a voice and can get it in part before the CCB. And how hard is it to, to root for the little guy? I mean, I know I do, so.
2: The copyright ecosystem, uh, over time, it's greatly expanded, um, and it the lines between who are creators on the internet and you who are users on the internet, and how we all interact with each other and our copyright works, is so much more diverse than it used to be. And it it keeps coming up. We keep coming up with new ways to bump up against each other. Uh, when it comes to copyright and creative works, and when we find that, you know, when I was in public information education, I would I would get these stories of the bump ups. You know, someone who would come up to me and say, "Well, I'm using this work, and I think it's okay," and I but I don't know I don't know how to resolve this, or or someone who said, "Well, I found, I found my uh, I found my, you know, my work. It it's over here on this marketplace." And it's kind of like I ask them to take it down; it keeps getting put back up. They're much bigger than me; they have more resources. I don't know what to do. And so, hearing these stories of the different types of bump ups and the way that we bump up against each other, um, you know, what I'm hoping with the CCB is that this provides a, 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 a an easy way for people to get a fair resolution of this dispute um, in a way that you know, would seem impossible under sort of a traditional uh, judicial or litigation system. Um, And so I think what I'm interested in uh, is seeing how our processes and procedures and the way that we interact with our participants and the way that we arrive at our decisions affects people's, you know, resolution of their conflicts. and so that's why I'm excited for the CCB is I think that it can provide a, a new type of model uh, for people to resolve the types of copyright conflicts that they experience on a, a more regular basis.
1: Yeah, I can just imagine when, when someone who, for example, like a vlogger on YouTube who has a fair use question, you know, before they had to go to federal court because fair use is decided by a judge, right? Well, now they can bring a claim before the CCB. It doesn't even have to involve money. They can just figure out whether what they're doing is fair use or not, and have a copyright expert decide it. You know that's an that's an interest and that's a, a resolution that Whitney was kind of alluding to that was really hard to get before, not anymore.
0: So someone who deals in fair use all the time, I I, I uh, let's just say I am I am not as ambitious as you are in thinking that they'll solve the problem that quickly. Um, and since I'm typically on the defense, I'll also add. As a respondent, you don't have to participate the CCB. Is that right?
2: That's correct.
0: So talk about that. So if you're a respondent, what are the options? Um, I believe it's an opt-out, but tell us about what the options are, respondents, and if you choose to go forward, do you waive court? How, how does that work?
2: Yeah, sure. So um, I mentioned compliance review, and that's kind of the first step, uh, is that a claimant files a claim, and we review it to see if there's anything there, there. If there is, we go forward to service. And once uh, once the claimant is served, that starts the opt-out period. And that is a set period of time, 60 days, for a respondent to decide whether or not they want to participate in their claim. Um, If they don't, they can opt out. Uh, If they do decide that they want to be involved, they can wait out the 60-day period, at which point the case becomes active. And in this active phase, uh, we have sort of an initial conference uh, between a copyright claims officer and the parties to evaluate what our next steps are. Um, So we have a very limited discovery uh, set. So we have standardized discovery for all parties um, and then a written testimony phase. So if you are a respondent and you do decide to participate, what you're looking at is you're kind of looking at about three steps. You're looking at an exchange of information where the parties, you know, trade what they know about the case that will sort of serve the fo- as the foundation for the dispute. Uh, they submit their arguments, their stories, uh, what they think is going to happen. Um, if anyone wants to, we'll have a hearing. It'll be virtual, and then uh, the officers will um, have make a final determination. So that's sort of what it's going to look like for a respondent. Um, And when you reach that final determination, that's going to be binding on the people involved in the claim. Um, And that it won't be, it's not presidential. We're going to be consistent, but it's not a presidential decision. Um, So that's sort of what it would look like to participate in a proceeding. Um, One other thing to kind of note, if you are in this, Evan, you mentioned, um, you know, you kind of sometimes find yourself on the user end. And I'll pick up with John you know, mentioning about non-infringement claims, um, you know, we do hear non-infringement claims, and uh, we have this option of a smaller claims track, right? So we're creative, we're the government, small claims, all of us, smaller claims isn't even
0: wait, you just you just said the government was creative. I I don't know if I can agree with that, but continue.
2: <laughs> you know, it's all relative. Uh but yeah I don't know if
0: those two words I mean, appear in the got, same sentence. Gotta understand
1: it. The joke at the copyright office is that everyone at the copyright office has some um, kind of, you know, failed uh, creative industry or, um, you know, a hobby that is, that is, you know, maybe not their profession. But, like, if you're going to find creative people, I feel like in the government, where are you going to find them is the, the copyright office, right?
0: Yeah, that's true. That's how true. Many, that's how a good point. many
2: government agencies have a house band?
0: Oh, you guys have a house band?
2: Yeah. Are
0: you guys members of said house band? No,
2: I'm not. But I'll also mention we have an organization called the LC Chorale, uh, which is like the Library of Congress's staff choir, and that was founded by Copyright Office members and is currently run by Copyright Office staff. So not to like, you know, say that we're creative, but I'm pretty impressed with us. So anyway, uh, back to smaller claims. Yeah, I wanted to tell you about smaller claims um, because you know, we have actually an even more streamlined option uh, for participants who um, have uh, claims for $5,000 or less uh, in damages, or so that covers the people who have no damages at all. So this covers our declaration of non-infringement. This is an even more streamlined proceeding where we have just sort of an very informal discovery process that is very targeted to the issues at play. Um, We have written sort of statements that are involved. Um, It's a much more sort of hand-holdy brief process that you go through with one copyright claims officer. So, you know, Evan, if if you're interested in, in sort of speed, we have two speeds, right? We have the small claim speed. We have the smaller claim speed. And although we're just started up, so I have absolutely no assessment about how long a claim can take, We have designed the system so that smaller claims can be an even more streamlined process than our standard process.
0: Now, I remember when this thing was created and the act passed, there was some debate and argument among, I'll call it industry, about who was going to be sitting in judgment on the board. And there was some jockeying about appointing the judges slash commissioners slash I don't know what you actually call them. So I'm hoping you tell me who ended up getting put on the board. Um, Who are they? Can you tell us anything about them?
2: Yeah, sure. So we have three officers. Uh, We have David Carson, Monica McCabe, and Brad Newberg. And so um, I think we kind of, we did rough math. And I think between the three of them, we have almost a century of copyright experience. Um, You know, uh, David comes to us from the USPTO, and he was the former general counsel of the Copyright Office. Um, So he has a lot of experience in sort of taking a look at the copyright ecosystem, as well as regulations and the regulatory structure. Um, David, excuse me, Brad uh, Newberg and Monica McCabe were both uh, practice chairs from their respective firms. Um, So they have a wealth of information about litigation. And uh, Monica in particular uh, is an expert in mediation. Um, So they both between them have experience representing um, a variety of uh, parties within the copyright universe. Um, So, you know, we are, we know that, you know, I think the original intent was to, in the statute, to find a mix, I think John mentioned this: a mix of people with experience uh, from representing copyright owners, copyright users, everybody in the ecosystem, and we've definitely achieved that.
0: How are uh, fifty filings in four weeks to me sounds like a lot. How are you guys going to be able to handle, uh, you know, a larger volume if things just start really picking up?
2: Um, I don't know. <laughs> You know, there's, you know, I think that there is.
0: That's good. I stumped you. That's what happens on TMT time. Let's go ask a question you can't possibly know because we have no idea what's going to happen. Well, it's
2: not, you know, it's not a stumping. It, it's more of an acknowledgement of reality and like an opening ourselves to surprise. Right. Because we've been four weeks. Um, and in terms of what we've seen on how we internally work on the caseload, um, it's been very consistent. Um you know we're considering things in in you know sort of holistically um, in the light of the law and the regulations, um, and we are you know making sort of these initial compliance assessments. Um, I think in a very I you know we we're just coming out with with uh, action letters uh, this past week and this week. So you know check ccb.gov. Um, but in terms of what I'm seeing from our process, I'm really encouraged by the teamwork that we have uh, together um, and that the way that we are working through and assessing and establishing our processes from the beginning. Um, in terms of what our workload looks like, you know, there's a couple of things we still don't know. Uh, we don't know, you're right, you pointed out the number of filings. Um, we're gonna see that over time. Uh, we don't know um, how respondents are going to react when they see their first claims. Um, we don't know how active proceedings, um, whether how much interest we will have in set things like settlement, um, in taking a process all the way through. Um, you know, so we are very much in that building phase and observation phase and, and feedback phase. Um,
0: the respondents have 60 days, right, from getting file something filed to either to opt out moving into court. And we haven't even hit that time frame yet, have we?
2: No, we haven't. Yeah. Um, our first uh, compl- notices of compliance went out last week. Um, so now we're in this phase where claimants have 90 days to complete service um, on respondents. Um, and that is you know, something that happens uh, very much outside of the purview of the CCB. Um, so we don't know um, what it's going to look like, when we'll start seeing um, those proofs of service filed with us uh, at the CCB. I just can't help
1: help but think that wouldn't it be a good problem to have if too many people wanted to use the CCB, because that there is a high percentage of those folks who never had the ability to resolve their claims before. You know, they were just practically shut out of the courts, and now they're here before the CCB. And yeah, you're right. Some will opt out, and that is their right. But it is also you know an opportunity for folks to realize that they may have a claim that it's worth going to court for, or they might um, be able to. Better educate folks about what will get their attention in terms of an infringement claim. You know, it's a really very early to see how this is all going to affect the copyright community, but I just would love to think that there would be um, a lot of people getting their access to justice through the CCB if that is if that is a result. And you know what, we do have the opportunity. To adjust our regulations so um, you know if one person is filing um, many many claims, we can adjust that number up or down. The CCP could also decline to hear certain claims based on their capacity, but we're not there yet. As uh, Whitney was saying, these are the early stages, but they are exciting early stages for now.
0: All right, well, you guys, I like at the end of every TMT time episode to talk about things people do outside of work, um, and since we already hit the, are you guys the most creative government lawyers there are? But you're not in the band i want to hear what each of you do sort of in addition to your propping up this brand new thing that's part of the government which i think is really exciting so i'll start with you whitney
2: um and i guess for me you could most recently catch me uh running around with bubble wands, flapping my wings like a dinosaur uh which is to say i am the mother of young children i also love to run um I just signed up for the Celtic solstice five K or five miler, my goodness, five miler in Baltimore, um, which is a really great race, uh, in the winter solstice that involves Irish wolf pounds, uh, soup, mulled wine. Um, it's a really interesting sort of experience. Um, and then, uh, I also, you know, in terms of the creativity, um, artist, flutist, pianist. All right. You guys
0: are actually creative. All right. Well, John Whitney, thank you guys so much for joining us today. We may have to get you back on in a year or something to figure out how the CCB is going um, to get an update on all the stuff. But for those listeners, um, you can get online, you can figure out about the CCB. It's all online and figure out, we'll see how it goes over the next couple of weeks and couple of months.